welcome to a new episode of AI Chats, a podcast series produced by the law firm of Haynes and Boone and lawyers from its AI and deep learning practice group. Our intent is to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Eugene Goryanov, and I am a partner in the Chicago office of the firm. I'm joined by two of my distinguished colleagues, Dina Blickstein from our New York office and John Bowser from our Washington, D.C. office. Today, for our latest episode, we will be talking about AI and inventorship, and more specifically, some very recent uh, developments in the space. But before we get started, our standard disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. And with that, uh, Dina, let's get started. Um, AI and inventorship, are those two compatible concepts? Well, Eugene, up until last week, I would have said no, because most countries don't recognize AI as being an inventor. However, um, in a very exciting news in South Africa, just last week, uh, a patent was issued to AI. Uh, so some countries can have AI as an inventor on their patents. More recently, uh, just today, and this is uh, very exciting, in Australia, uh, the court there ruled that AI can be an inventor on a patent application. Okay, well, you know, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, maybe I'm just not getting this, but how can an artificial intelligence actually invent stuff? John, you wanna help us out? Sure, the short answer is that AI depending on how it's designed, can process information, synthesize results, and solve problems just like a human brain would. AI uses machine learning, which means that the AI tool can learn from the information it receives, identify patterns, and make decisions. For example, let's think of a map application, whether it's Google Maps or Apple Maps. That application, which is AI-based, processes the information where you want to go, based on current traffic conditions and finds the optimal route based on your preferences, such as whether you want to get there as quickly as possible or avoid toll roads. In the U.S., we think of an invention as something that has been conceived. In the U.K., it's a similar concept, but the U.K. uses the, ter uses the term devised. AI can conceive of solutions to problems based on the information it receives because the AI learns from and adapts to the information to find a solution. AI can, based on how it's designed, automate innovation. In other words, AI creates a solution to a problem. We've talked about the intricacies of getting patents in the past. How does the process of getting a patent differ for inventions made by an artificial intelligence? Dina? Um, sure, Eugene. So when an inventor, and in this case, I'll be talking about a person, um, invents an invention, uh, the person can file a patent application and designate him or herself as the inventor, right? Either the person or the attorney would do that. With case of AI, AI can't designate itself as an inventor. And Part of this is because the laws are written in such a way where only a human can become an inventor. 
So one, uh, one case that grabbed attention worldwide is uh, Dobbus, right? So Dobbus is a neural network. It's artificial intelligence or a series of neural networks that invent things, right? And in one example, it invented the beverage container. So Dobbus itself can be penned, but the inventions created by Dobbus cannot. So Dr. Thaler, the inventor of Dobbus, filed patent applications worldwide in different countries where he was trying to get a patent for this beverage container that was created by AI with very different results. Well, okay. Uh, Different results. I guess where I'm getting lost is how can the same or similar invention described in an application have different results based on different countries. Uh, John, maybe you can get us started and tell us about um, AI and, frankly, inventor requirements in the United States. Sure. So in the United States, AI cannot be an inventor. Uh, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office rejected an application for Davis, uh, an AI system, as Dina noted, because it was named as the sole inventor. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office didn't appear to have an issue with the invention itself, but what they had an issue with is the fact that Davis was named as the sole inventor. So the USPTO uh, rejected the application, and in doing so, it emphasized that the relevant statutory and regulatory provisions governing patents consistently refer to inventors as natural persons. In denying the Davis applications, the USPTO interpreted those provisions, precluding the term inventor from referring to an AI system. And the USPTO also referred to uh, decisions of the Federal Circuit, which is the appeals court for patent matters, finding that only natural persons can be inventors. So the USPTO concluded that the Davis applications could not list an AI system as the inventor. There's been a development after the USPTO rejected the applications because Dr. Taylor at the University of Surrey in England, he sued the USPTO in federal court to challenge the USPTO's decisions to reject the Davis applications. The judge in that case has not yet issued a decision. Uh, A hearing was held in that case, and I've read several reports of that litigation which suggests that the judge is leaning toward dismissing the case on the basis that the USPTO was justified in rejecting the Davis applications, but those are simply predictions. We're gonna have to wait and see. As it stands right now in the United States, AI cannot be named as an inventor. Um, All right, well, that's good to know. What about the European Union and what about the United Kingdom? Uh, Dina, you wanna help us? Uh, You know, it's the same story in United Kingdom and in European Union as in the US. Uh, Dr. Thaler filed a patent with UK Intellectual Property Office, and uh, the results were the same as in US. Um, the UK IPO declined to grant the application. Um, Dr. Thaler sued the Intellectual Property Office in UK in high court, and uh, the high court issued an opinion again where AI could not is not a person for purposes of uh, being an inventor on a patent application. 
Well, uh, Dina, you mentioned in the beginning of our conversation uh, the new developments uh, in the world where AI has been allowed to be an inventor. Uh, Would you and John be able to discuss those for us? Of course. So South Africa, I think at this point, is a poster child of where AI can be an inventor. But if you look at the case law in general, the story is essentially the same. Do specific statutes or law in a country allow AI or machine to be an inventor? And whereas in United States and UK, the answer appears to be no, uh, the laws in South Africa do not prohibit it. So South Africa made it very clear that under their legal framework, an AI or a machine can be an inventor in a patent application. And that's been validated where the DOBA's patent application has become a patent. I think it's significant to note that, you know, South Africa is the first country in the world which has now granted a patent for the uh, DABIS application. The one thing to keep in mind, though, is that the uh, South African patent system is different from the U.S. patent system and the patent systems uh, of other countries or regions in the world. The U.S., like the um, European Patent Office, the Japanese Patent Office, they are examination systems. On the other hand, the South African patent system is a registration system. So the DABIS applications were filed and the South African Patent Office granted the patents uh, because all the requirements were met. So it's significant, and as Dina noted, that the South African Patent Office granted the patents, but they weren't actually examined. Nevertheless, we now have the first patent in the world naming AI as an inventor. Well, I guess this begs the question, why is that such a big deal? Well, it's it's a big deal, Eugene, because uh, companies would look to countries where they can get patent protection for their inventions. And right now, it may not seem as a huge deal because AI inventorship is still at, at its infancy. And right now, AI is play almost playing catch up to how humans think and invent and invent. However, in five, 10, 20 years as a, from now, as AI will become more sophisticated, there'll be a plethora of AI inventions where AI is an inventor. And at this point, it will become important for companies who own and create that AI to know that they can protect the, the AI inventions. Yeah, that's a great point, Dina. I think companies who invest in AI are going to uh, go to countries who will protect their inventions. And other countries who are preventing AI from being an inventor, they might fall behind. So we're going to have to watch and see. And maybe the countries which are currently preventing AI from being an inventor will have to adapt their policies. You know, maybe I should have asked this question earlier in our conversation, but I mean, why should AI be an inventor? Well, to answer that question, Eugene, we have to explore 
how is it that only humans can be inventors? And the answer to that question is uh, rather simple. So at least in the United States, uh, there was a concern that people working for companies would be creating and inventing different inventions and then the company would be taking all the credit for those inventions. So the way the system works right now, a person invents an invention, right? And then the person would assign that invention to the company or keep the invention for himself. So in this way, a company would not take credit for the person's invention. With AI, this is not a consideration. As AI is not human, the companies would not be taking credits for the AI inventions because they would actually be the owners of AI. Well, but isn't the distinction already sort of in place? Uh, if you take a look at the, at least at the U.S. Uh, patent law structure, you have inventors. These inventors, generally speaking, assign their inventions or and all of their rights in their invention over to their employer. Uh, which is why U.S. patent applications list a potentially list an assignee of record. So, uh, aren't those concerns quelled by this kind of uh, inventor assignee applicant distinction? Uh, yes and no, and it may be walking a fine line. But in U.S. right now, if a person invents something, that person's name would still be on a patent application. The concern was for. Uh, writing laws where an inventor can be a person is a, is essentially that the the company would list itself as an inventor, not giving credit to an actual person. But as I mentioned before, with AI, it's not really an issue because the owner of AI would take credit for the invention if the laws were to be changed in that direction. I'd also like to add that you have an invention. And if you can't be patented, there you lose the incentive to develop those inventions. So we have to consider, are we doing what's best for innovation when we are precluding patents for inventions that were created by AI? Well, that's a good point, John. Um, well, if we take a look at the Australia example, uh, how does the outcome address your concerns? So just to be clear, in Australia, there wasn't a patent granted. The federal court responded to a rejection of an application uh, that prevented Dabis from being named as an inventor. The Australian court said that Dabis can be an inventor. So that still has to be examined. But what's significant about it is now we have the first country which is going to examine a patent application allowing AI as an inventor. Right. So what Australia did essentially, it allowed AI to overcome that initial hurdle for having the application examined, right? Whether there is something patentable on the application is still to be determined. The news coming out of Australia, at least today, indicate that AI can be an inventor on Australian patent applications. And now that AI can be named as an inventor in Australian applications, companies who develop new technologies with AI can protect those technologies in Australia. So I guess my question is, and this is for both of you, um, 
so I guess my question to both of you is what laws in the United States must change to allow an artificial intelligence to be listed as an inventor? Maybe the answer here is not necessarily to change the definition of what an inventor is, but to change the law in the United States, allowing AI to be an applicant. You can split the difference by not redefining AI as a quote-unquote inventor, but allowing AI applications to proceed with AI as an applicant. Um, that's uh, that's one potential solution, and I like that solution, John. Uh, some another solution that you can do is have an owner of AI being being the inventor. So essentially, leaving the existing system in place and carving a caveat for AI inventions, where an owner of AI can can, can be classified as an inventor. So I guess then this leads me to another question, which may be uh, very satirical in nature, but I think we must ask it anyway. Why is it important for AI to be listed as an inventor? So AI creates inventions, and those are inventions that should be protected. And the idea is simply that we have patents in place to encourage innovation, and by, by protecting inventions, you're able to encourage innovation. We should be encouraging innovation consistently, and we should consider whether or not to protect AI-based inventions. At its core, it comes down to, do we want to continually promote new innovation, whether it's innovated by a human or whether it's innovated by AI? So let me jump in here uh, with an example. Um, suppose we have a pharmaceutical company that develops drugs. Now, traditionally, those drugs are being developed or the formula for those drugs are being developed by scientists. Now, in the past few years, there have been a tremendous research of AI creating different uh, drug formulations. So the way the law is in US, at least in, and in UK, uh, if a human comes up with this drug formulation, uh, th there can be a patent on it, right? But if AI does the same thing, there cannot be. Now, if you look at this in terms of research and development, um, AI right now can do the same thing that humans can. It just can do it faster. So AI has a tremendous capacity for creating different drugs and different drugs formulations faster, right? So if the pharmaceutical companies, for example, can't have patents on those inventions, what is the impetus for those pharmaceutical companies to use AI? Right. So we have technologies that could potentially bring drugs to the markets quicker, but at the same time, the pharmaceutical industry may not be able to recoup uh, the money that they spend on this R&D. Right. And to avoid these and also similar situations in other industries, um, it's important to carve out provisions on how AI inventions can be protected. All right, so then this leads to another interesting question for everyone here. 
why is it important who actually ends up owning an AI invention? I mean, we've talked about AI as an inventor. We've talked about assignments. Um, what is the ultimate impact here on ownership? Um, Eugene, so I think at a very uh, basic level, uh, whoever owns AI has rights to that AI, right? They can use the AI, they can license the AI, right? And if uh, if a company or a person can do it and they've put substantial money into creating the invention, they need to have a substantial way of trying to get their investment back. Yeah, that's the key point is companies who invest in AI and create innovation need to recoup their investment by protecting their innovations. And so that's why you need a system. If you're going to allow AI inventions, you need a system which allows someone, whether it's a company or it's an individual, to own the rights to that invention. Just like we have today with patents that are created by um, natural persons. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, at least for me. Uh, you know, and I'd like to thank both you, uh, Dina and John, for joining us today to discuss AI and the various issues of inventorship and ownership. Uh, any final comments before we close for the day? Thank you for having us as guests today, Eugene. And also thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode of AI Chats. Um, this episode and also future and past ones can be found on major podcast platforms such as Apple, Stitcher, Our Heart Radio, Spotify, and Amazon. Our podcasts and relevant articles about AI topics are also located at the firm's AI and Deep Learning Practice page which can be found at HanesBoon.com. Our practice page also contains contact information for all of the lawyers involved in our AI and deep learning practice group. Please feel free to reach out to us with any questions or suggested topics for future AI Chats episodes. Take care, everyone. 